Greetings, friends. My name is Weston Nakamura from BlockWorks Macro in Tokyo. It is Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023 at Asia Markets Close. Welcome to the Market Depth Podcast, bringing you global market commentary and analysis from the Asia-Pacific trading session so that you know what happened overnight. What happened overnight? The Reserve Bank of Australia, the RBA, shocked markets at the policy meeting today by hiking their cash rate by 25 basis points to 3.85%. And this caught markets off guard as consensus estimates, as well as market positioning, uh, was expecting a no change in their cash rate. And this is following a pause in rate hikes just last meeting in April, um, following a very swift and aggressive rate hiking cycle that began in May 2022 that started at 10 basis points on the cash rate. And so, as I said, markets as well as consensus economists were by and large very much caught off guard with this resuming of rate hikes earlier today. Now, is this a canary in the coal mine for other major central banks policy rate decisions coming, namely the Fed, the ECB, the Bank of England? Um, because after all, RBA was among one of the first major central banks to begin lifting off the zero bound when this post-COVID inflationary era just you know swept the global economy. Um, and even if the RBA isn't a leading canary in the central bank coal mine, what does it say when one of the most dovish central banks, who again had just paused their rate hiking just a month ago, is now back to hiking rates? So uh, I want to talk about the RBA and how it relates to or how it may signal for you know potential central bank activity to come in the immediate term, um, as well as sort of a bigger picture overall uh, kind of you know approach into. Uh, central bank policy uh, going forward, okay? So first, just to try and put some form of measurable context on how much of a surprise this was for financial market participants um, heading into today. So front-end rate markets had only been pricing in about 13% chance of a rate hike going uh, into the RBA meeting today. And so basically an 87% chance of policy um, on hold. And then among the 30 or so surveyed economists, only about five of them had called for a rate hike from the RBA today. The other is calling for an unchanged um, policy rate for the second consecutive meeting. And we got a very swift reaction in the front end of the Aussie yield curve. So we have three-year yield, Aussie yields jumping almost, you know, or over 25 basis points. Okay, so it's basically like a, it's a five sigma move and the Aussie dollar up sharply over 1% in reaction versus the US dollar and even more upside on, on Aussie yen. And so for markets and for the majority of economists who were calling for policy unchanged for this second straight meeting, you know, it wasn't really such a crazy thought on the surface. There's a reason why there's sort of a 90-10, you know, probability of no change price into markets, okay? The reason is because just a, about a month ago when the RBA put a pause on its rate hikes, the commentary from Governor Lowe of the RBA at the time was, quote, the decision to hold interest rates steady this month provides the board with more time to assess the state of the economy and the outlook in an environment of, un of considerable uncertainty. That's what Governor Lowe had said at the time of last meeting when the RBA decided to pause their rate hiking cycle. In other words, the RBA needed to see the effects and impacts of the long and variable lags of monetary policy, for which they even acknowledged that even the most recent hikes that they had already instituted in the cash rate had yet to hit the real economy. 
which is say mortgage owners that were getting absolutely strangled by this very rapid and sharp increase in the cash rate but among many other issues both economic and political okay um and then just last week we saw inflation in cpi finally see a downtick print to seven percent now seven percent is obviously still too high of course hence them acting today but it was at least in the right direction or not in the wrong direction so all of that combined with this general notion of once a central bank stops hiking rates the next move uh, is for a cut, not for a continuation of a hike, right? All of that in aggregate set up for a uh, market that was expecting, at the very least, no change in policy. But instead, we got a resumption of rate hikes. And then if you looked under the hood, and look, granted, this is all in hindsight, and obviously, neither this is neither something that I had predicted, let alone been intently focused on in the first place, okay? Um, but that said, it's not just about like headline inflation. In Australia, nor is it about very sticky services inflation. CBA's chief economist, who said that, you know, regarding Australia CPI, quote, non-tradables inflation rose by 1.9% in the quarter to take the annual rate to 7.5%, he noted. In contrast, tradables, okay, i.e. imported inflation, rose by just 0.3% in the first quarter of 2023, and the annual rate dipped from 8.7% to 6.1%. So in other words, it is no longer supply bottlenecks and shortages of imported goods driving prices up, but it's rather domestic demand, growing costs uh, such as wages and rising profit margins in some industries that is causing this inflation. So think about that concept applied to major central banks who have yet to pause um, or who have paused, but like hawkishly slow, right? RBA is acting on or reacting on domestic matters. And it's not thinking in relative context to its major central bank peers. Now, this might sound very obvious to some of you, but it's also very not obvious to others um, because they will argue that central banks are in the relative currency strengthening or weakening game and indeed uh, setting policy on a relative basis. What I'll say to that is that, look, even though currency markets aren't in the remit of major central banks and rather are you know, matters of governments and ministries uh, of finance and elected officials. Putting that point aside, to those people, I'd say, like, you really do have to look at policy setting as a response to domestic inflation and domestic matters in addition to just being a pure relative game, okay? It's not, like, just purely one or the other. And then one final takeaway from the RBA today, okay? This is regarding what central bankers are saying and what markets are believing or choosing not to believe with regards to what they're saying, and then what the outcomes have been so far, okay? Because obviously there's been a huge disparity between markets and what the central banks are guiding for. There's like a very big delta, right? And differing degrees, but nonetheless, markets are skeptical of what central banks are saying for a variety of different reasons. But let's just take a look at the kind of record so far, right? So when the RBA paused on rate hikes just a month ago, Governor Lowe at the time said that, quote, indeed, the board expects that some further tightening of monetary policy may well be needed to return inflation to a target within a reasonable time frame. So indeed, that was a hawkish pause. But then just under two weeks ago, we got the minutes from the April um, RBA meeting that, again, it's just kept reiterating that, indeed, the RBA may have to resume rate hikes. It was indeed a very hawkish 
pause that and it wasn't necessarily just for the optics of because we're pausing we have to seem hawkish they were very serious about that and here we are uh, with the rate hikes a surprise rate hike even though it shouldn't really have been a surprise because the messaging was hey we can resume this um and we will likely resume this and resume they did and by the way even today's rate hike is not a dovish rate hike from the rba either right governor governor low is saying that more rate hikes may come you know today acknowledging that Yes, headline CPI reading has receded in the last, you know, from, from the last print. Also, yes, acknowledging that there is um, much at risk from rate hikes, including, you know, growth. And yet all of that, nonetheless, taking all that into account, the rate hike today was necessary to combat inflation rates that are still too high in Australia. And more may very well come if high inflation persists in Australia. So what Governor Lowe had been saying is what he had delivered on. So where do we stand with the other central banks, you know, latest messaging versus their actual policies delivered? First of all, Bank of Japan Governor Ueda saying no change to yield curve control and then delivering on no change to yield curve control despite market participants not believing the messaging. For those of you who know, I was part of that camp. Not completely, but skeptical. But again, the, the, but that's a somewhat different situation given that this is Ueda's first meeting and I just simply didn't know who the guy, the guy was. And I still don't, as you guys know. But forget about Ueda, right? Because that's a very, uh, you know, abnormal situation given it's his first one. Just think back to the last decade or last even few meetings of Kuroda saying BOJ will remain with accommodative policies until goals of sustainable wage-driven inflation are met. That's what he said. That's what he delivered on despite markets betting against him. Okay, so it's another most recent case of central bank says something and then delivers on it. And markets are betting against it um and there's a lot of skepticism around it um and they just basically are proven wrong because central banks end up delivering what they said they would be doing and so where do we stand elsewhere well we have the fed's rate guidance and its messaging of rate hikes and tackling inflation um, and then also holding rates higher for longer versus what markets are expecting in terms of rate cuts that are getting priced in um, we also have a very hawkish ECB versus markets, which is albeit less detached from that of the Fed. But nonetheless, there still is, you know, this not believing and not taking central banks' words into, into account. So is the RBA a canary in the coal mine for other major central banks' policies? No, not on the policies themselves. But what it does show is that, first of all, who the hell knows where we really are in this unprecedented COVID cycle? Just because they pause doesn't mean it's the end of the rate hiking cycle. Just because they resume it doesn't mean that they're going to resume another, you know, what, 10 or 11 consecutive hikes from here either. It's a very sort of trial by error policy regime that we're in because it's just purely unprecedented. Okay, so that's the first thing. Second thing is that what we're seeing is continued divergences in economies and policies respectively around the world. And that there indeed is no globally coordinated policy like the IMF and the World Bank would say, right? And the more fracturing there is, the more that actually makes things like the Bank of Japan look less of, you know, an outlier weirdo, though it certainly still is. But monetary policy conduct has cultural elements and subtleties, okay? And I say this to those who are wearing, like, the data blinders, because sometimes I get criticized for being some, like, storyteller, that's fair. You can criticize me for any time for anything that you want to. Completely your right to do so. Um, 
also as if I'm not looking at data as well, but that's fine if you want to say that. However, to claim and think and God forbid trade on this notion that macro data is the only thing that dictates what monetary policy is, is at the very least equally, if not far more stupid an approach. Okay. You have to be very aware that at the very least, there are cultural and other subtleties that exist among different central banks and regions. You have to at least acknowledge that those exist, let alone be aware of what they are and how to interpret them. Otherwise, just stay married to your data, keep shorting JGBs into Bank of Japan meetings and get, keep getting your face ripped off. And then lastly, perhaps we should listen to central bankers. Don't have to necessarily believe what central bankers are saying unconditionally or anything like that, but we should also not be unconditionally brushing off what central bankers say purely and simply because it came out of a central banker's mouth. Look, it, it doesn't matter if there are even policy mistakes. Ultimately, these are the people that are going to be setting policy. And so if they're going to say that this is what they're going to be doing and they have a lot to lose by not doing it, as in being the boy who cried wolf, you know, losing sort of jawboning credibility or jawboning efficacy for the future, well, they have a lot to lose just by lying, right? So if central bankers say that there aren't rate cuts coming in the United States by in 2023, or if the Reserve Bank of Australia says that the rate hikes are, you know, very much on the table, that this is a temporary pause, or that the Bank of Japan says that monetary policy um, is basically a continuation so far of the late, the last regime um, as this leadership transition is taking place, or whatever it may be, we need to give it some serious thought and consideration. Apart from data, apart from, you know, markets are always correct and so on and so forth, right? I've discussed in several episodes about how the rate volatility in markets have basically just put market pricing so out of whack that there actually might be more alignment between market participants broadly as and central bankers' guidance than markets themselves are reflecting. In other words, the market signaling mechanism is broken, but the general sentiment is actually kind of more or less in line. And that there aren't this major cohort of, you know, the majority of financial market participants globally that are expecting rate cuts to come uh, from the US. And then finally, I just want to wrap up with uh, markets, currency markets, and RBA today. Okay, so as I said yesterday in market depth, for the upcoming major central banks and their policy decisions this week, so the Fed, the ECB, the Bank of England, which is going to be in the following week, but you know, in the immediate term, you can use JPY, the yen, as a base reference currency pair um, to, to see what the reactions are, uh, the market reactions are for each of those respective central banks. In other words, as I said yesterday, you know, using AUDJPY as an example, Aussie yen, right? If you look at the course of two and a half trading days, we've seen about a two and a half to th almost 3% upside move in Aussie yen, AUDJPY. And it seems that almost the entirety of that move was the Bank of Japan and JPY driven, Bank of Japan driven, rather than driven by Aussie dollar upside heading into the RBA. And the reason I say that is because one, upon announcement of the RBA decision today, the shock decision, we saw Aussie dollar spike versus USD as well as versus JPY to more or less the same degree. And two, even before this, Okay, after the after the Bank of Japan um, policy release on Friday, we can see that AUD USD and AUD JPY, which had previously been trading in percent percent lockstep prior to this, had split off directionally from one another. 
So that move, that upside move in AUD versus JPY was basically the JPY part getting crushed. And really just the AUD almost kind of more or less uh, staying static. And today's move was almost a purely uh, AUD and RBA driven move. Okay. And so this is what I'm referring to in terms of yesterday's episode of Market Depth. That for the immediate term central bank meetings, just look at using the yen as a base cross rate for each respective currency in order to get like the, you know, the, the cleanest reading on currency market reactions to central banks. So look at dollar yen USD JPY price action following the Fed rather than say like euro USD to see what the dollar reaction is. And then look at the euro yen cross rate for the ECB and so on. Um, and by the way, on euro yen, EUR JPY, it's on an absolute tear higher. Right, it's been breaking through to highs not seen since 2008, and over the longer term horizon, the euro yen cross rate and the Aussie yen cross rate um, are directionally correlated. Okay, so that's something that will be of note. Right, so tomorrow we will have uh, the so tomorrow is the day before the FOMC for in Asia, and so it will be likely just very kind of dead markets. As I said, there's a lot of market holidays as well uh, in Asia. But look for any potential move in, especially dollar yen, um, because you can see an upside move further from dollar yen if the Fed ends up being more hawkish than expected. Now that we are through that uh, level that I had flagged um, on 74 on JPY futures that had broken through, um, and we are seeing you know significant move uh, upwards in USD JPY following the BOJ. All of that is more or less, like I said, it's BOJ related it's yen weakness related it's unwinding of you know positioning long yen for on the expectation of a boj policy um change which did not come so you could see further movements and upside movement in dollar yen usd jpy from the fed angle if they do come in more hawkish than expectations are just like we saw in australia today and reflected in aussie yen to wrap up we should probably listen to the central bankers more than we currently are uh, as they are the ones who are going to be setting policies, even if they're going to be policy mistakes, they nonetheless are going to be setting them. Two, just because the central bank hikes and then pauses does not mean that the next move is necessarily a cut, but it could actually be a genuine pause, reflection, a short reflection even, and a resumption in rate hikes. And three, the more that we you know remove accommodative policies and all that, the more that the policies are going to be driven more so by these more subtle drivers, cultural elements, and so on and so forth, right? And not just strictly based on data, 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 data. And then finally, in the near term, use the yen as a currency-based pair uh, to pair off of going forward um, to see what the market reaction is for these respective central banks as they release their policies uh, in the next few days, all right? On behalf of BlockWorks Macro, my name is Wes Nakamura. We'll see you next time. Thanks.